Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Hardly Kayfabe, your spot for professional wrestling talk on the BICPP radio network. And we have a huge contest this evening. First, he is the man with a five-star island on Animal Crossing, and he is also the man that accidentally brushed his teeth with Neosporin, making his mouth the cleanest it's ever been. Ladies and gentlemen, from North Carolina, put your hands up like a helicopter, Johnny Townsend. And his tag team partner from Buffalo, New York. He hasn't had his coffee yet, so ladies and gentlemen, please lower your expectations. Let's hear it. For Double C, Christopher Chavez. Man, that was an awesome intro. I think it's probably the greatest intro we've had uh, in a long time. What do you think, Johnny? I think we need to save it uh, and just play it. Even if Matt's on the show, he just gets left out. <laughs> uh, and we just play it because that gave me goosebumps there you go there you go ladies and gentlemen thanks so much for joining us once again for another episode of hardly kayfabe as you heard special announcement there we had special announcements to the ring we have a guest on the show uh i know him as the premier ring announcer for empire state wrestling here in western new york mr chris gullo sir how are you man uh pretty good man it's a beautiful sunday morning we're recording this and uh just ready to talk some wrestling and talk some uh, a cool topic you guys have. So. Dude, thank you so much for that intro. That was that was actually really cool. I could uh, close my eyes and just see the crowd around the ring going nuts when they heard you <laughs> announce Johnny and then slowly deflate when you announced me. Well, you're the deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Skills have more fun, Chris. As well, is always a good time. It is a good time, dude. We, you know, I've been wanting to get you on here now for a, a few months because I, I want to start getting more, you know, personalities on the show just to discuss wrestling, discuss the culture, you know, backgrounds, things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I first met you originally through Matt uh, when he joined the network. You, you were part of the original panel discussion podcast 
That's how I met you. Uh, and then he, you know, he was like, yeah, he's also the ring announcer for ESW. Uh, and so I started actually checking out ESW and just realized how much I'd been missing out. I could not believe I'd been living here in Western New York for as long as I had and didn't realize we had such a great promotion right here in our own backyard. Uh, and then, dude, you're the voice. You're the voice of, of, of ESW, man. Every, I think every, every ESW fan knows you immediately the second you step into that ring. Uh, they know what they're about to get. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. I'm one of those, you know, constructive criticism guys of myself where, like, I I go, oh, I could have sounded a little bit different. I could have done this, this, and that. And people are like, oh, no, man, you were really good. And, like, you know, half the time, I'm like, was I, though? But, uh, no, I appreciate the kind words. You know, a lot of fans and everything uh, have, have told me that. And I've uh, lately gotten kind of admiration from fellow ring announcers throughout, like, uh, the independent. So it's been cool. to It's been a nice little ride, especially the last, like, 12 months or so really getting integrated in, in that community as far as like being a ring announcer. So, I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but really these last like 12 months or so have been crazy. It's awesome, dude. You, and you definitely have a voice for it. You know, you can usually tell when somebody has a voice for something like that. Uh, and, and you've got it when you're in the ring and you've got the, the mic in hand, man, it's, it's, it's almost like pro pro Chris Gullo. This step comes up and all of a sudden it's like, who is this guy? It's not the guy I was just hanging out with on the couch, just BSing about comics, you know? Uh, all of a sudden it's like this completely different persona. Um, but yeah, we have you on the show and I wanted to discuss real quick a, a few things about you and your past or the things you're into, how you got into it. So uh, you've been a wrestling fan since you were a kid. Is this a, uh, you know, a, a you know, teenage years thing? When How far back does wrestling touch your life? Uh very young, uh, probably around five or six. Uh, I started to say like 1992, 1993 is the, my earliest memories that I can really remember being a wrestling fan because I'm, I'm going to be 33 this year. Um, but uh, around that time, so you're talking 92, 93, you're talking Sting, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. Like, you know, that's my era. Like, I didn't grow up a Hulkamaniac, interesting enough. Like, you hear what some people like. I mean, I was born when Hulkamania was still going but my earliest fond memories are the those 1992 93 94 era of uh WCW and WWF very nice very nice uh who was your who was your favorite wrestler at the time growing up who was your man sting yeah. <laughs> surfer sting surfer surfer sting listen crow sting was cool but i feel like surfer sting is timeless oh. I, I agree completely you're speaking my language down here in the South, Surfer Sting is the greatest thing of all time. Uh, and I'll stand by that. He had some great matches with Cactus Jack. Uh, those hold up to this day. Well, one of the biggest things with, with that people don't give him enough credit for is how he made guys look wrestling. I'm like, he's not one of those guys that people first go, oh, you know, that guy always made people look good. People say Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, you know, Ric Flair. But, mm -hmm. but Sting, man. Like the guys and the the people that they put him with and the angles and everything and in that era of WCW and he he made it work he made it work for sure for sure uh, I remember growing when I was growing up I was in the South as well I was living in Florida so I grew up with WCW NWA wrestling the the, the studio wrestling the way they NWA's brought it back I remember watching that the way it used to be and so my earliest memories was always that shock of white hair and Ric Flair um, but dude Sting enamored as a kid this dude with the you know the neon face paint and he'd howl into the, the air i mean i've talked about it on this show many times i'm a huge sting mark as well uh that's awesome so okay so you're a fan since you're a kid right when do you really start noticing the announcing part of it like when are you like i, I that would be kind of fun to do or or, or did you already want to get into it before announcing so that kind of happened so i always wanted to be in uh broadcasting not necessarily wrestling. Like, I grew up as a wrestling fan. I mean, I can tell you, like, you know, my, my love was 92, 93. But then, like, growing up with a tenant TV, I was getting USWA and ECW and Smoky Mountain towards the end. Uh -huh. And then we have the Attitude Era and all that. But I always just, like, treated it as a fan. I didn't, I didn't think, like, I could do that. I never, like, was confident in my physical abilities. But I never thought, too, about being, like, a ring announcer or anything. And I think, but I always, always wanted to to announce sports like ever since i can remember being like five or six i always wanted to announce sports and uh i wanted to be a college basketball i wanted to be a full-time college basketball announcer that's what i wanted to do for a living um so i went to buff state for 
communications, uh, broadcasting, and announcing basketball there, football and stuff. And um, and I still to this day will announce like USA Hockey and nice. stuff like that. But but being but I got there in college, and then someone goes, "Hey, man, like there used to be a wrestling radio show at the station, WBNY, shout them out." Because we should bring another one back, and I started a uh, wrestling talk radio show with two guys named Adam Fine and Ben Kugel, um, and we started something called Turnbuckle Talk. It's completely different now. Like I, I gave the name right to somebody else, everything, but but back then we would just talk about independent wrestling. We would talk about WWE and stuff, but we really got in touch with like Ring of Honor and what was going on in Japan and. My eyes opened up, and then my eyes also opened up that maybe I could do this. Maybe I could probably be an announcer or a play-by-play guy, or because I met some people like during that run. So oh five to oh nine, I'm in college doing turnbuckle talk, and I met some people in wrestling. Uh, we worked at the ballpark brawls, like we would get to interview people and um, going backstage, and that was my first experience with it. So uh, so around that time, I'm like maybe I could do this, and then 2010, I started helping out at feds and 2011 i made my debut so probably college was when i was thinking there was a way to get into wrestling without being a wrestler so when you're thinking that are you looking at current announcers or 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 commentators and picking up you know picking notes like who were you looking at to say okay this is i could do this because look at these guys what kind who who were the announcers or commentators or ring announcers well i mean i in that time period um you like so you had Justin Roberts is coming up, uh, and I thought he was really good. And at that time, I was a young, good-looking guy. I'm not anymore, <laughs> but, but at that time, I was a really young, good-looking guy. And I'm like, wow, you know what? He's young, good-looking. He didn't have that typical announcer voice, but he was really good. If you know what I mean on that. So like somebody like him made it like, oh, maybe it's realistic. Chris Cruz or not Chris? Oh, please not Chris Cruz. Bobby Cruz from um. From uh, Ring of Honor is another one. Like seeing these guys, I'm like, I'm like, oh, it wasn't the typical Howard Finkel, David Penzer, uh, Gary Michael Capetta. Like it mm-hmm. was getting younger, it was getting different. Oh, maybe there's opportunity. Oh, nice, 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 Johnny. You got any questions on, on this? No, this is fascinating to me. I think I've heard uh, plenty of times from other people who've gotten into wrestling somehow, either it be wrestlers or ring announcers or whoever. And it's always fascinating to me how they always kind of loved the sport uh, growing up, but then they kind of wanted to do something else when they became, I guess, quote unquote, an adult, whatever that is. And, uh, you know, by that time, they were like, you know, I still love wrestling. And they kind of sort of, in a way, uh, gravitate back toward it. It seems like a thing to me that, I mean, I know Chris and I have talked about this before, and I'm wondering if it's the same for you, other Chris. <laughs> Too many Chris's on the show. Uh, uh, if like was there a time was there a period where you kind of fell out of wrestling and then it, something kind of brought you back into it? Uh, yeah, uh, probably probably high school. Um, like not that first year, like two thousand one, two thousand two, because you got the you had everything going on. But two thousand two to two thousand five, like I paid attention to it. I think I paid attention to TNA more than I did WWE, but I wasn't watching every week. I was just being a high school kid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You really you're learning about like all this other stuff. And I listened to a lot of sports radio back then. Like I would just listen to WGR and just be on the internet all the time. And, uh, you know, and, uh, that's actually where like, I kind of also realized too, I'm, if you guys meet me, I'm, I'm, I'm like a kind of a brash person in the aspect of like, I'm, I'm social, but if, if some, I'm opinionated, (laughs) it could be a fault, but it's, I think it's also pro. And then I, I started listening to this guy on Sports Talk Radio named Brad Ryder. And I'm like, wow, I love this guy because he is brash, but he's not negative all the time. He's positive. He's negative. He's all over the place where sometimes sports radio can always be negative or too positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, this guy's awesome. Then I go to college and I end up doing my internship with Brad Ryder. And I think I learned a lot with him too, with sports and just how to be as a personality. But uh, I think like, graduating college that made me think, oh, you know, maybe I really love wrestling again, but I really was getting into it again in college. Now, when you were younger and uh, you were looking at all these announcers, I know when I was, when I was a kid and I would play my uh, Sega Genesis basketball games or my Nintendo 64 wrestling games, I would do the announcing for it as I was playing it because I always had this thing in my head when I got older 
I was gonna do something like like what you were saying. I wanted I wanted to be an announcer for either wrestling or for like uh, I'm a big NBA basketball fan, or you know for for that or something like that. Like be the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, you know, would be with an amazing dream or something. Yeah. So um, this is really speaking to me personally. I don't know how Chris feels, but <laughs> well, you're living my you're living my dream. <laughs> well, I. I would subliminally do that, I guess. Like as a kid, like I would, it would be me versus the pillow, and I would introduce myself to the ring, and then the pillow <laughs> of the ring, and like kind of wrestle around with it. Uh, and then I, I, I guess subliminally, I did that. You know, I always did pay attention to the ring announcers. I, I, you know, I always like, oh, he's good in this and that, probably more than most. But I never like said like, oh, Howard Finkel's great. I want to do that. Like until, like I said, I was like 21 years old. Mm-hmm. That I was like. Yeah, I really probably could be a good ring announcer, but I, I, I recognized and I respected and appreciated the talent like that a lot of those guys. And I'm sure we'll talk about we'll talk about it later. But there's names beyond names I could drop that that influence me. Very nice. No, I, I do. I enjoy hearing this as well. I love hearing backgrounds. I love how hearing you know the path that people took to get them where they were. Uh, you want to hear something else, Johnny? That you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find here that. Uh, he's not only living the dream as well. So, uh, not only is he a ring announcer, okay. Not only is he he's so. Um, you're also a comedian, stand up comic. Yes. Now, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, a long time. Uh, 2008. I used a fake ID to get into a bar to do an open mic comedy night, and it started from there. Is it was yeah, this it is amazing? Was it one of those things like a lot of comics say? Your first time, it's it's that rush. It's that that you know rubber band the arm and hit the needle because that rush and you can't help it whether you bomb or not what if you had a good night bad it, it's just that rush you had and that was it you're 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 in is that the feeling you had yeah it was a bucket list thing kind of um uh this is now in high school like i said i wasn't that much interested in wrestling i was very interested in stand-up comedy uh and like during the summers i can remember when i wasn't a camp counselor so there was about a month in the summer that i wasn't a camp counselor every year I would wake up at like 1130 in the morning, make myself lunch, and then watch those half-hour specials that they would air in Comedy Central from like oh, yeah. 12 to 2. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I got to tell you, that takes balls. Uh, I, at one point, really wanted to do stand-up. I was really <laughs> hardcore into it. But I never, like even, uh, I remember Joe Zimmerman. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a comedian. And he, uh, he came to my town and did some stand-up and he talked to me afterwards and it really got me hyped up and I was like I'm gonna go try this and I chickened out and to this day <laughs> I regret that to this day I've done like stage improv stuff and I think and I wonder if you're the same way all it takes is just you can bomb with 40 jokes but if that 44th joke lands and you get a laugh there's nothing like it yeah I and I think it depends on the aspect of like knowing what you're getting yourself into when it comes to stand-up comedy like if i do an open mic i know it's going to be pretty much like grinding teeth but if i get a decent response on like one joke i'm like all right cool that's going in the main set you know i can i can work on that but uh i will say this when you're on like a gig that you're paid a lot of money for it doesn't matter if one joke hits if like six six percent of them don't I, 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 me personally, I'm just like, oh crap, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, I quit being, I had to quit being negative to myself uh, because I was getting way too low. <laughs> now there, now see, when you get on stage as a comic, you, you, you're, you, the reaction from the crowd is literally telling you you're killing yeah. or you're bombing. Now, as a ring announcer, yeah. how, what, what are you looking for in that crowd reaction when you're really trying to to get people into what's going on? Like, how do you how do you feed off? Like, what's the what's the signals? What are you getting to say you're doing well? It's a good night, or you're just squawking off, going like, I didn't do well that night. Um, uh, if I say something wrong. And then how I react in that moment, of because they'll realize, I mean, the wrestling fans in 2020 are, you know, they're very internet savvy, smart, interactive, like they're right on you. And there was a time I introduced as his partner instead of his opponent in in an ESW match, I want to say like three years ago, I think it was between Frankie Feathers and uh, Anthony Gaines, if I remember. And I immediately knew i did it wrong and i changed it i changed the tone in my voice because they're like they're like what like they immediately react and they immediately <laughs> changed the tone of my voice and his part or his opponent and, and then like they like gave me a round of applause it was really awkward nice. <laughs> I, like, I came at him angrily correcting and then i don't know like 
everybody makes mistakes. Uh, but I think the biggest thing, like if I go out there and I give them all my energy, they're going to give it back. If you're going in there and be like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is going to be a great show of events. It's not, it, you just sound like a carnival marker. You don't sound, you know, I'm there to be as pumped up as the crowd and the wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to name names, but have you heard any bad ring announcers? <laughs> so here's the thing about ring announcers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all depends on how you treat the ring announcer, the independent wrestling promoter, how they value the ring announcer. I should say that's, that's the best wording on it. Um, some places what, you know, will know what the ring announcer is. The ring announcer is there to be basically like a host. A host of a TV show, pretty much. He's the host. He's there to get the crowd into it. He's got to be all hands on deck. You know, people see me announce people to the ring, but I'm coordinating the 50-50. Yep. I'm getting with guys, make sure everything's good. Like, there's a lot There's a lot to it. Um, and you're almost like a you're like a figurehead boss in the aspect of everyone. The fans are coming to you like, hey, do you know what's going on with this? Do you know what's going on? Do you know what's going on with that? And you're not even the boss. So you need someone capable to deal with that stress, that commitment but also had that energy and that, and treat it as a profession. You know what I mean? Like I do this because I would love to ring announce for a national television promotion one day. Like, you know, um, that's why I, you know, it's on my end, but I treat it like that. Like every show is an audition. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is some promoters don't value the ring announcer like that. I'm thankful that, that uh, Brett Mennick and ESW, at RES Tech and Squared Circle and Johnny Moose and Excite Wrestling, they all value the ring announcer like that. But for some promoters, they'll hire just a fan that keeps bugging them. Hey, I want to be involved. I want to be involved. I want to be involved. Or they'll just hire their buddy or whatever. I've seen, you know, guys like you. Here's the thing when it comes to ring announcers. You can wear a T-shirt and jeans that fits your gimmick. You know, mm-hmm. like righteous Jack in Tennessee, it fits his gimmick. He he's a great ring announcer. But sometimes, like it's just a guy they picked up on the street, just the ring announcer. He has no energy. Like, all right, come to the ring. I mean, I did a show in Canada one time where I was a manager, and the guy was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and khaki shorts. Uh, it was not a themed show, and he wouldn't get into the ring. He, he didn't want. He he he, he stood on the side. To time. be fair, to I be fair, know. my knees were hurting, and I didn't want. To. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but just, but yeah, what, I always wanted to be like a ring announcer, but not be very good at it, just to see if people could catch on. Like <laughs> I wanted to be like, uh, and now coming to the ring, th- this guy, I guess. <laughs> if you guys want to see a bad ring announcer, um, and it's kind of timely because the dark side of the ring just came out. But UWF Blackjack Brawl, oh, <laughs> his name escapes me right now. Um, but the ring announcer for that show is the worst ring announcer of all time. Oh, I've <laughs> got to watch that bad. episode. I haven't seen it yet. I got to check that episode out. Everybody's been raving Just, about it. They don't mention, they don't talk about the ring announcer that much. In like, they don't really talk about that uh, or how bad which is that show was. But I think it's the names like Joe Spassi or something. It, it, I can look it up later, but uh, it, it, he's it, it's just so bad. <laughs> nice. So as a ring announcer, um, what, what were some of the other promotions that you work around the area? So currently, um, currently I'm in three promotions in New York State, uh, Empire State Wrestling, which is the Western New York area. And then uh, I ring announce sometimes and sometimes I do backstage interviewing for Excite Wrestling in Binghamton. He has another ring announcer, too. So. It all depends on availability and all that. But if he's ringing out and sitting on backstage interviewing or whatever, it may be. Um, and their guy's really good out there, too. He's like a TV news anchor. So, uh, And then I also ring announced for Squared Circle Wrestling, which is in Rockland County, uh, re- right real close to New York City. So I have kind of like a central New York Fed, a New York City Fed, and then a, a western New York Fed. So nice. Those are the three places I'm actively working now. Excellent. Uh, in those in those three promotions, or even in, in any of the ones that you've worked in the past, who were some of your favorite wrestlers that you got a chance to to announce to the ring? I think it's honestly all about like what they want for introduction. I mean, I love the standard introduction, but I love when there's like they want all these other things to it. Whereas I don't think so, some ring announcers probably look at that and go, "Are you serious?" I love that. Like um, Will Calrissian, uh, 
he, he used to have this crazy introduction uh bringing him out in ESW and I loved it like he would it would be all these descriptions and then end up being an actor and he would change it every show so <laughs> say if he was say if he was going to be the Kurt Russell of professional wrestling he would have all these like lines about Kurt Russell movies like linking <laughs> together and then the Kurt Russell of professional wrestling uh his is great Nick Andos another one love Nick Andos introduction um Nick Gage, which I haven't got to do the full introduction yet. Um, uh, I've only got to do the effing in the middle, but the introducing Nick Gage is just really cool. Uh, like, so those like long, like winded, like introductions, I really like that. The one that I haven't done that I want to do is David Stars as a crazy introduction. So. Nice, nice. And and then uh how about and because a lot of times when you work in independent wrestling, uh a lot of these promotions try to draw crowds by bringing in legends or or some of the up and come, you know, up and coming hottest indie wrestlers at the time. Uh ESW was pulling names that, you know, a month later we saw were signed to AEW. Uh yep. so so who are some of your favorites that you've worked with uh in the past few? Adam Cole was really cool. Um really good guy too. Uh he 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 was really awesome. Uh, Scott Tuhati, uh and Steve Carino, both just because they complimented me afterwards, and uh, just it was genuine. And I don't know, like you know, uh, it may sound selfish, but yeah, I mean, those two just be, based on them complimented me, and being I thought they're just genuine good dudes. Um, I mean, I, there's there's so many lists. Like uh, I've I've gotten to announce Goldberg. He didn't wrestle, but I've gotten an announcement as a special guest before. That was kind of surreal. Um, uh, did, did Mr. He anything? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't do anything. Mr. Kennedy was cool. Uh, oh, I bet that would be fun. Kenny Anderson, yeah, because he did this thing. He wanted me, because we, we were outside, so he wanted me to hold the microphone for him while I stood on a steel chair. <laughs> while he announced it himself. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Which I found really cool. Um, and, and, you know, when the guys and a lot of the names like have interacted with me in there too, like AR Fox has put his fitted hat on me a bunch of times. Uh, I've worn the Coco Beware bird hat, uh, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. So, That's awesome, man. And, and but, it's funny I mean, because on, on, on. there's so many good names that we've worked with, you know. And I, I mean, I want to say like Goldberg was probably the cool and Ultimo Dragon. I mean, that was oh. just like I'm ring announcing the Ultimo Dragon to the ring. I couldn't believe it. That's so cool. That is cool. Um, I, I think that pretty much answers a lot of the questions I had, and, and it gives us a really good feel for your background and, and how you got into it and your passion for this. Johnny, you have any other questions for Chris before we move on uh, to just, our uh, discussion? Just a quick one, and this is, this is probably the most important question that you've ever had, Chris. Uh, so please take this question seriously and answer this uh, with complete sincerity. Um, out of all the podcasts that you have announced for, uh, who was your favorite, <laughs> and why is it me? Um, I mean, they're okay. I guess those guys at Harley Cape. Right. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I want that as our as our tag. I have. Okay. I'm going to make that a bumper. <laughs> That's going to be a bumper yeah. for every episode moving forward. <laughs> they're they're they're, uh, they're like Bret Hart describing L Dandy. They're they're jam up guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, Chris, dude, is awesome. I'm so glad you're on the show today, man. I I mean, like I said, I've been wanting to get you on for a few months. Um, and now that you know everybody's got extra time on their hands, right? Uh, unfortunately for the way things are going down, have have you been taking care of yourself? You've been what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Oh man. Uh, so I I have my in my shoot job. I work from home. So, I mean, I'm blessed to have that and my, 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 my wife works every day too, which is cool, but like financial wise, but I, I, I gotta say like in, keeping myself occupied is tough. Um, during work, I've been watching Monday Nitro from the beginning, uh, Oof. during the stay at home order right now, I'm in 19, March 98. <laughs> so I've been doing that. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just do a lot of Skype and zoom with friends, uh, playing some retro video games. I got one of those raspberry Pi systems. Oh, yeah. uh, so I've been doing that and, you know, and just and watching, watching, going back and watching the ring announcers and, and kind of watching that. And uh, the dark side of the ring stuff has been really good because now I'll invest myself. Like if it's a topic I don't really know, I'll look a lot of, of up about it before I actually watch the episode. So, oh, I always know. do the opposite. 
about a TV show, which is really good. <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. do the opposite. I always learn something about it, you know, and then I'm like, I got to learn more. So I go deep dive in after that and end up going down YouTube rabbit holes. Um, yeah, more important <laughs> question, though. Uh, retro gaming. Uh, what are some of your favorite retro games? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Um, I Well, you know, Streets of Rage is always uh, going to yep. be a favorite. Yep. Uh, the, so that's that's up there. Um, have you played you know, the new one? I have not played the new one. No, I, I am such an old school guy. I'm like all old school systems guy. Uh, <laughs> like Mario NBA Jam. I mean, these are uh, typical like Mario Mario Kart. Uh, I love Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Like everyone, N64 Mario Kart is really cool, but people forget how good Super Nintendo Mario Kart was. Uh, but that that right there, um, that Vector Man. Big Vector Man guy. I love Vector Man. One and two. Both yeah. are good. Yeah. Yeah, they're both good. So those are just to name a few. But yeah, I, I love all the, uh, the retro uh, games. And, and NHL 94 is where does that one sound? Because that was like the first NHL game I remember as a kid. I loved it. Well, Johnny, it uh, sounds like you got a, a future retro bliss guest here already. You're booking them. <laughs> booking them already. I'm trying to drop that hint so that he's doing the show at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, okay, we're going to move on with Harley Kayfabe. So, the way we normally do it at Harley Kayfabe is we'll usually start the show off with some headlines, what's going on in the news, uh, and then get into our topic. There's not too much going on in the news, especially so, – well, I guess that's not true, right? Uh, a few things have changed. Uh, we've been discussing how um, – COVID has really affected pro wrestling recently. You know, a lot of the shows have been airing taped segments and things that they pre-taped. Um, but just recently, Florida has, you know, loosened its its restrictions on on gatherings and recordings of these things. So it looks like yeah, WWE... They just, they, didn't they just literally last night have UFC live? I yeah, yeah. WWE is going yeah. back to live. AEW is going back to live. And yeah, there was a UFC fight last night. So, I mean, that's that's kind of something that's happening. What what are your thoughts on that, Chris? You know, being, being in the industry and knowing what it's like and how it's affecting people, but then also kind of knowing what's happening with the reality of something like this, you think that's, uh, I mean, how would you feel? Is that something that's, that's, um, concerning to see, or do you, or, you know, is it a way to do it safely? I mean, I think it all, what I've, what I've noticed is where I live and where everybody else lives. It's different because, you know, we are, we're in New York, so they have the most cases from the city and Cuomo doesn't paint a, po- a pretty picture at any day. Right. Like, you know, he'll say there's some positives, but it's a lot of negatives. But I'll talk to friends because I'm blessed to have friends all over this country. And like I talked to a friend of mine last night in Knoxville, Tennessee. I mean, it's status quo there. There wasn't a lot of cases. There wasn't a lot of deaths. Like, And, and I imagine parts of Florida are the same way, Georgia, all that, that are opening up. Uh, so, you know, I can say like, it's wrong or right for them to open up. I mean, do I think anybody should be running in New York? Absolutely not. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that I would imagine AEW, WB, UFC are taking the precautions. Mm-hmm. I gotta say UFC fights last night were really cool because the crowd was kind of taken out of it. So the technical aspect of watching that was really good. I thought, um, I saw the prelims. I was I was switching channels and I saw the prelims and seeing because I, I stopped for a minute and I was like, wow, it is empty crowds. But it just reminded me. I don't know if you ever watched the 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 Ultimate Fighter show. You remember that show? And they'd mm-hmm. have these like competitions where it was just kind of like the cornermen and that's it. And the announcers. There was nobody. There was no crowds. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. Uh, but I guess that's how the yeah. whole the whole event went, huh? Nobody in the crowd at all. Right. Bruce Buffer wearing the fanciest suit for no crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, that shows like his professionalism, right? Like he's he's just going to be like, look, yeah. I'm not coming in with a Hawaiian shirt and and khaki, you know, shorts. That's not happening. Um, yeah, but it's definitely going to be we're different. I, yeah, I saw that they were going to say is that uh, what they're going to be doing as well. One of the headlines I read was that when they start introducing crowds, it's going to be at minimum capacity. So I think it's like a certain percentage of the capacity so that people can right. spread out. And yes. I didn't see this or not, but uh, did you has any have any of you guys seen? Are they going to be wearing masks? Is that going to be a mandatory thing at the beginning? Uh, so like all the UFC people did. As far last night, like the cornermen and like a lot of the like, you know, staff that they had. Um, and I believe I only watched a little bit of AEW this past week, but I believe that was the thing, too. Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I, I yeah, I would guess the fans would have to wear a mask. And 
Um, I don't know that that's what there's a plan that came out with the Miami Dolphins, what their initial plan is for football season. And that was that everyone wears a mask and it's only 15,000 people and you got to be six feet apart and you pick up delivery food and stuff like that from the wow. concession. So, yeah, I expect we're going to be the problem is, is like in wrestling, are you going to probably be able to get 16,000 people to wear a mask? Probably. And you can even kind of do it where like, hey, we'll sell you this. There's all any way to make money. We'll yeah. sell you this Rey Mysterio face mask. You know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was saying. That um, pretty soon it's going to be nothing but masks with like wrestlers, you know, gimmicks all over yeah. them. You know what I mean? But, but do I think you're going to get seventy thousand drunk people in the Buffalo Bills stadium to wear a face mask? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, hold on, before that guy flips onto this table, we all have to stand six feet away. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bill, Bills Mafia is not having that, dude. But you know they'll they'll be selling those masks, Bill's Mafia masks. That'll be everywhere. Oh, believe me, yeah, yeah. Those are. I, I'm in the grocery stores and I see Buffalo Bill's face masks all over already. I got superhero ones. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, aside from that, we're starting to see sl- slow loosening of uh, loosening of restrictions. Uh, you know, little baby steps towards coming back to some sort of semblance of reality. Uh, that's basically all. I mean, anything you've seen, Johnny? Anything you want to discuss? Um, I think uh, I think it's state by state, right? Like they're kind of letting each state sort yeah. of decide how they want to and when they want <laughs> to open back up. Yeah. Um, uh, I know here in North Carolina, they are wanting to do like a very slow open uh, opening. So, like I think uh, Friday or or like a couple of days ago, as of this recording, uh, like was like our phase one or whatever of some opening up. Of some small, uh, uh, you know, different businesses and such, uh, but it's nothing major. Like you still pretty much when you go out there, there's not a lot out there right now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of curious too about just from the uh, the health standpoint of this because I know UFC last night one of the fighters they had to cancel the fight because one of them did test positive for it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I think the biggest issue with these sports coming back, and I would. Honestly, put wrestling in this, and I know it's a big deal in the NBA because uh, their you know their season was was preempted, and they're wanting to at least do the playoffs. But their issue is you know getting enough tests and stuff and testing because that's a major deal. And there's still some states that that's still an issue. I think in New York, y'all are doing better with it now, but uh, like I know in my state, it's kind of hard to get one. Interesting. Well, I found out recently too that it. You have to pay for them in depending on situations. So, like, if you think like, oh, you know what? I think I may have it. They're, they'll charge you if yeah. you, if there's clearly you have it, then then they won't. Right. So, but the problem is, is like, you know, there's a lot of people that probably had it, fought through it, mm-hmm. and now have the antibodies. But those people have to pay basically to get the antibodies test, which could be for a cure. Which you yeah. know, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, New York's a different animal. I've talked to people in so many other states, and it's crazy how different. Like we're we're having phase one this Friday, mm-hmm. but phase one and phase two it could be months. Yeah, where well, phase one and phase two and phase three in Ohio has been a week apart from each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the way they yeah. said they're doing it here is they're doing a phase. They're going to wait a couple of weeks to gather data to make sure there's no increases. Then they'll do another phase, and then they'll wait a few weeks. So literally, by the time you're out of the phase, it's a, like two or three months later, <laughs> something along that lines. Um, you know, it is. It's. I think we're still going to continue to see the effects of this on, you know, wrestling and and, and sports overall. Uh, let me ask you something. Uh, Buffer in the ring yesterday, he didn't have a mask, right? Like you can't announce with a mask, like no. kind of muffling your voice. <laughs> no. That's the money maker, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, like the the referee and all that didn't have a mask. It was more just the crew, like on the outside and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's wearing a mask when he's like on a side or whatever after he's done announcing. And I can imagine that's how it may be for me when when our state reopens up, whenever mm-hmm. that, whenever wrestling's going to return, whatever that's going to be. Um, but. uh the thing, that, the the only thing that disappoints me about this taking a long time is I wanted to open up a show with "Hello, all my cool cats and kittens," <laughs> and it may not be time. By the time wrestling is back in New York State, yeah, by the time it comes back around, it's like it's gonna it's it will won't have aged. Everybody's gonna be like, "What? What's he referencing, dude? That's like that's so 2020." 
<laughs> no, dude, I have a feeling that we're, I, I have a feeling we'll be able to we'll be seeing that soon. Um, interesting, man. This is this is definitely interesting times we're living in. Uh, any other any other headlines or anything you wanted to talk about, Johnny? Before we move on, did you want to touch on the Triple H? Oh, thing? that's right, that's right. Um, yeah, we were talking a couple episodes ago about the fact that there was rumors that the WWE might be selling. Uh, uh, and what that meant, who knows, you know, selling completely, selling stocks, selling shares, selling parts. Um, and then we were shocked to see a tweet. Uh, this, I think it was this past week. Good old friend Virgil says he's buying the WWE. No, oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was headlines. Yeah. That, uh, that triple H Our Lord sold and savior, Our Lord and savior Virgil <laughs> has come to save us in wrestling. <laughs> exactly. He was not my back. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I heard about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Matt's told us about that. That's amazing, dude. I've had too many run-ins with her. <laughs> uh, it's too funny, dude. Uh, but yeah, well, this it kind of makes you, right? You're kind of forced to run into them. <laughs> <laughs> There's no avoiding it. Um, yeah, this week, though, um, they were uh, Triple H was making headlines because he sold millions of dollars of WWE stock, uh, raising questions. People started saying, hmm, what does this mean? Like, what are you doing, right? A lot of times when you see that kind of thing, it does raise the eyebrow uh, because it's it's like, what, what, does he, what does he know? What's What's coming up? Um, well, I think I think the question too is he's not the only one uh, of the bigwigs over there up in the up in the WWE who's done that. There's been other ones who've also done that, but I also think it's also fair to say that he still has plenty of stock left. He didn't sell all of it. He's right. still got, he's still got quite a bit of it still. And, and I think that's the thing that kind of throws you right. You hear millions of dollars worth, and you're like, "Holy cow, that's got to be a lot!" Yeah. But I mean, how much is a WWE stock? Is that uh, is it an expensive stock? I think it's at forty something dollars, or it was when he was selling it. Uh, so I don't know what I don't know what it is today, but that's what it was when he did it like a week ago. I mean, my take on it is, you know, Johnny alluded to it too. Um, like Kevin Dunn, you know, sold a bunch of stock like a couple weeks ago, and, but that that's a that's an occurrence that happens every couple of years. Stephanie's done it a few times. Kevin Dunn has done it a few times. Vince has done it a few times. I think this is the first time Triple H has done it. I think so. That's why it's really making waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think a lot of I, I don't think they're selling. I just can't see. I, I just can't envision WWE selling while Vince McMahon's still alive. No, it, it just it doesn't control. Like from what I hear, he's all about controlling, making his stamp on it. Like I just can't. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> would that, sh- that would know, shock so you though? Right? You'd wake up in the morning and literally fall over if you saw the headline. Yeah, that, that's that. That's his baby. He wants some control over it, and he knew he would know. Selling Disney, it's a Disney or Fox, would not give them that control. Um, but uh, what I think it is, is we are in some financial uncertain times. Yeah. We just talk. We don't know when there's going to be wrestling again in some place or NFL again or this and that. Like, So if you have a million, if you have stock with a company that's a touring company and you don't know when they'll be able to tour again, of course you're going to sell it off. And even though he works for the company, he know they don't know. Like he he knows that it's uncertain time. So I think he made kind of a smart move because I mean now I'm hearing rumors that SummerSlam in Boston's going to get canceled. So now you have two marquee events that they make a lot of money off, and then who knows the next time they can go over to Saudi Arabia and make that money <laughs> with the travel restrictions. So you know, no, that's where I see it as see it as being careful. I, no, I think you're right. Actually, when you think, well, yeah, you're d- definitely right, and, and and it's the first thing to come up is because when you hear possible sell, and then all of a sudden selling stocks, your first instinct is, oh, something's going on. There's something nefarious, but it's 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 about survival, and and at times you have to that you're going to have to sell off some of this to continue to to be financially stable. Um. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just kind of see what happens in the future here. But to, to continue to cancel such big, big events, dude, these are their money makers, man. It's gonna be that's gonna be weird knowing these. We, we're gonna be referencing the year twenty twenty as the year these things just didn't happen. We didn't have an yeah, NBA yeah. season. We didn't have SummerSlam, you know. But yeah. also, rumor on SummerSlam that hasn't been confirmed, but there's rumblings. Yeah, but uh, but also, I do think. Like to try to put a positive spin on this, I do think that uh, it's it's kind of forced them to be creative in a way because um, I know I think it's tonight. Is it Money in the Bank tonight? Um, yep. 
I think like their money in the bank match is way different than it's ever been before. They're literally going through like a <laughs> through like the headquarters of WWE. Oh, I saw <laughs> so that. Trying, and making their yeah. way to so the top. Trying, yeah, yeah. So they're trying new things, and that part of it I think is kind of fascinating. It's the opening of Raw. Remember when the opening of Raw, like in '93, was them wrestling on the on top of the uh, tower? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You nice. think Big Show's gonna get thrown off of it? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the second time in his career. <laughs> That's gonna be interesting, dude. That's gonna be interesting. And how do you? So how how do you announce that? You 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 met you start out in the lobby. Is that where the announcing takes place, and then they work their way up? Or well, I think it's gonna be taped. But the show is on the roof. Yeah. Oh, it's straight on the roof. I thought it was something about like they're making their way up to the roof. That's the idea behind climbing the ladder. Weren't they going floor by floor or some craziness? I, I just feel like that would just be a nightmare. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what I heard. I, that's why I understood it was they're going like I, from the bottom different. up. <laughs> that'll be I interesting. Yeah, that'll definitely that'll definitely interesting, man. I, I you know they they keep doing little things here and there that make me want to say, let me just check it out for a minute because I haven't uh, I haven't watched in a long time now. It feels like almost a year since I've watched WWE. Uh, but I think the last time I watched was. Um, what did they have? WrestleMania, right? The empty, empty stadium or empty. WrestleMania was good. I mean, it had they some pulled it off. That were not favorable, but it wasn't. It was good television. Yeah, dude. The uh, the, the Undertaker and AJ Styles gimmick was awesome. I, I actually loved that. I thought that was. They need to do more of that again and bring kind of that those kind of narratives that take place off of you know off of the 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 stage where everybody's watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think wrestling. Charlotte I mean. Marina. Firefly, it was all good. Yeah, yeah, and I think wrestling. Like, I mean, people always say it kind of goes in cycles, and it does. But I kind of wonder if, because you know, like in the in the nineties when WWE or F at the time was kind of getting lambasted for being sort of over the top characters and cartoony, and WCW made some headways because they kind of went more realistic with their characters and stuff. So then WWE followed suit with the Attitude Era. And I kind of wonder if now we're kind of getting to the point where you know what I'm. I need a break from reality. Yeah, <laughs> you know I I wouldn't mind some more Undertaker AJ uh, Styles type stuff just to kind of break <laughs> the mold of uh, of uh, you know the crushing yeah <laughs> the crushingness of uh, the outside world currently. Or flip over to AEW even like the what what Matt Hardy's doing with, with uh, yeah. Jericho. That's great stuff. You know um the have you seen these the bubbly bunch this. <laughs> This thing they've been doing, like the where they're talking to each other through 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 phone FaceTime. Yes. Yeah. See, those are yeah. great. It's creative and it's it's entertaining. And and I think you're right, Johnny. I think we're at the time now where it's kind of like, all right, give us the escape again. Give us something that just kind of we can enjoy and not have to think too hard about. Right. Well, th- well, think how much uh, you know reality has been shoved down our throats for the last twenty years. Yeah. You know when. When the when the NWO and the Attitude Era happened, I mean, reality TV was Big Brother and Cops, Survivor. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, not Big Brother. I'm sorry. Real, real world, real world and Cops. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that that's all it was. Uh, so it's a completely different time. People like an escape. I I could say not, you know what this is. I don't know if this is a controversial statement, but I feel like in 2020, a Doink the Clown character would work. Yeah. Yes. It wouldn't have worked 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but I feel like if you brought Doink the Clown back now, especially the way it was, like, evil, like, heel yes. Doink mm-hmm. the Clown, heel. people yes. would love that. Yeah, 100%. they would. I mean, that's what kind of Bray Wyatt is, kind of. <laughs> yes, yeah. You, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I'm 100% behind you on that one, uh, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I agree. Um all right, you guys want to let's, let's talk topic today, man. Today, since we have Chris Gullo on the show, uh, the topic we were going to discuss today are some of the more uh, memorable, some of the greatest ring announcers in wrestling history. So for me, a lot of my wrestling history when it comes to ring announcers are the general ones we know, you know, WWE, WCW ring announcers. But Chris, I know you've got a deeper kind of appreciation for it. So I, earlier we were discussing things. You were dropping names from promotions that I'd never even heard of. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, if I, I'm going to mention, I'll, I'll start with the classics, like like everybody else, um, obviously, The Thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think really, honestly, when it comes to big match feel, The Thing's probably the greatest of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, 
there's nobody like him in his longevity. I mean, he started in the 70s. And, and I could tell you, if he would have came back at any other time, like, look at 2011 when he announced Punk in the Ring. The crowd loved it. Uh-huh. Same thing. Like, I, like at any time he could have came back and he could have been an extremely successful ring announcer. So, I mean, the Fink's probably the one of the best. Now, my favorite of all time is Gary Michael Capetta. Um, okay. I... I, I just I think the way Gary and I like flying Brian yes like, really made names like pump them up and how they you know and, and you know and the man they call Sting like just the way he did it was so good and and Gary was you know I've read Gary's book and I've gotten to meet Gary he's a great guy and he but he's he, he's a hustler man he, he's all about making money and he's all about uh, you know doing the best he can and he treats it like a, a profession and i really you know i never got to meet our finkel i've met gary capetta though and you know i really admire gary for that um a guy that i don't think gets mentioned enough is steven DeAngelis from ecw oh and that's I right think, i think a couple of the reasons why he doesn't get mentioned enough is because there was a time that gertner did it and I mean, I could even be wrong. I think uh, like with Dur- Gertner did it, Bob Ortiz, and I even think like Stephen Prezak filled it at times too. I could be wrong on that point, but there wasn't like he wasn't the main guy all the time. But Stephen DeAngelis, like the way he says three way dance, and I don't know if you guys ever see me on the Indies. I don't announce triple threat matches. I call them three way dances. Oh, nice! And that's my D- that's my Steven DeAngelis in me, uh, the way I, the way I do things. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you, pick, do you pick up little things from certain, you know, announcers? Do you say, oh, I like the way they do that. I'm going to kind of give them, do my version of it, like an homage. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would say the way I introduce a main event is a lot like Howard Finkel in the beginning. But then I Bruce Buffer it with the Japan intros. <laughs> and, you know, I use that. And then. When I announce stipulations for matches, I do a lot of Steven DeAngelis. I mean, and then, but at, when I'm announcing guys that are ring in an Earl match, that's where like Gary Capetta, my influence of Gary Capetta really shows. Nice. But uh, I try to mix all those guys and other ones here and there. There's a guy that ring announced for only about a year or so in USWA named Tony Freeman. And he, he was young. He had times where, like, if you watch Tony Freeman, it's time to kind of mess up a little bit. But just the way his presence and his voice, I loved. Uh, he's another guy, like, I like watching. And, I mean, just, I, I brought Justin Roberts earlier. And we, we're obviously will continue this conversation as this goes, you know. Someone named drop all the names right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Johnny. Who, uh, for you, who who stands out immediately when you start thinking ring announcer? Aside from Fink, I mean that for us that is. We discussed yeah. him a, a few months ago, uh, last month when he passed. We did a whole episode on him, but, but and we discussed how you know he's considered one of the greats. Like like when you yeah, think, yeah. you, you, when you think of it, you, you think Fink. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's kind of the uh, the sheer definition of it now. Like they just should just have his picture there when anybody is looking up ring announcer in a dictionary. Just have a picture of Fink there. Uh, I think for me growing up watching WCW, because that's what I watched when I was younger. That's, that was my show. I was a WCW guy, even before the NWO showed up. Uh, it was always buffer just because when he was out there, it always made me feel like this is going to be a huge match. Cause he wasn't there all the time. It was only for like the big main event shows that mm-hmm. he would show up at. So when he was there, that already made it feel like, Oh, this is a big deal. You know, this is a huge deal that he's there, and he's of course the guy's catchphrase that he made ridiculous money from. Yeah. So I'm power power to the guy, uh, but I think I got to put him up there for me, especially being a WCW mark. Um, he's he was a huge deal for me as a kid because the second he came out there and he started talking in that signature baritone that he has, uh, and starts uh, you know doing "Are You Ready to Rumble." Uh, I would get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the thing about Buffer, man, he already you know he. I think didn't they use him for res- the first WrestleMania, right? He was used for the first WrestleMania, was it? I can't remember which one. He announced first or second. I can't remember now. But the idea is, is that he he'd already made his name in the boxing world. Like people knew who he was based on the way he announced. And he, the, you know, let's get ready to rumble catchphrase. Um, so yeah, I think your number, you're, you're for sure there because when you think of announcers. We think immediately we'll think of Finkel, we'll think of some of these guys, but we do think of Buffer and even his brother now in the, in the UFC. You know, he's 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 become the main announcer of UFC for however many years now. 
Um, the Buffer Brothers I, I think Buffer is the best ring announcer currently in anything. Who's that? Which one? Who's Buffer? I think he's the best ring announcer currently anywhere in anything. And I liked Michael Buffer, but I knew he wasn't a wrestling guy. So I think right. that kind of separated me a little bit. You right, know, they brought they yeah, brought him in based kid. on the name he made. I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. I, I think either. that was the reason <laughs> I was saying that. Yeah, yeah, I was saying that he, you know, he'd already kind of made his name, so they brought him in because of that, not because he was a, yeah. a big wrestling guy. Um, right. But but you can't deny these guys were super. These brothers are smart to to market themselves based on their voices and and just do. I mean, doing this announcing, you know, it's it's yeah. it's it says something. And so yeah, of course and. and and I'd also like to say, I think Justin Roberts, especially when he was getting going in WWE, is very underrated. Uh, I, oh, thought he, yeah. I thought he was quite good and uh, at what he was doing, and I really liked him, too. I need to read his book. I haven't read his book yet. but Yeah, his book's good. He takes some handsome, controversial takes, I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Penzer is another one. I, yes. I'd be remiss if I don't say Dave Penzer. And I, I communicate with Dave quite a bit on Twitter here and there, and like uh, he he's great too. I, my appreciation for Dave Penzer came a little like after like I've seen him for years when I got older. I'm like, oh, Dave Penzer was really good. Yeah, I mean, doing World War Threes alone, announcing those sixty guys is a challenge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> you know, what's impressed me with, uh, at least when I was starting when I was starting to fall away from WWE for a while when Shane McMahon started doing this this heel gimmick again. And he started picking on Greg Hamilton and he kept making Greg Hamilton hold, like really hold out that greatest in the world. And just more and more, his face just gets more and more beat red, but it's still very impressive. The dude holds it. You know what I mean? He holds it. And, and right when you think he's going to pass out for me, I'd be like, Holy crap. Are you kidding me? Uh, for a while I was, uh, you know, just seeing that I was, I thought was kind of impressive. Uh, overall though, he's, he's got a pretty decent style himself. I, yeah, I like Greg. Um, if we're talking WWE, I mean, I like Greg and I like JoJo. Uh, but I think the best in WWE are Mike Rome. Um, mm-hmm. And then Andy Shepard. But now they've moved Andy Shepard to a color commentator, which, I mean, good for him. There's probably more money in that. But, oh, man, it sucks not seeing Andy Shepard ringing on NXT UK anymore. Because he was so good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um do you think that there's um like who who do you think would be the next up and coming uh ring announcer now besides besides yourself? Don't say Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> so um if we're it, honestly so um thank you for that question because there's some you know, I'm one of those people that I think you build a community and you build each other up and I think it builds yourself up in a way. Um, you know, you gotta be positive, you're in this together, mm-hmm. like yes. Ring announcers do compete over positions, but you could learn from each other being a resource. And uh, there's times where maybe I can do a fed, but I can't do this fed, and I need someone to fill in for me. And, um, you know, he's not so much an upcomer that he's been an independent wrestling staple for 25 years, but Rich Palladino is why Rich has never had a job in, on a TV wrestling fed, I'll never know. Uh, but Rich is so good. Um, Larry Legend is another one, been around for a long time, really awesome. So those guys are like, I think the staples probably probably the two best independent wrestling ring announcers of all time. Who are they? And who then, are they announcing for currently, or when we're not on lockdown? Rich, Rich Palladino, his big one is Beyond, but he'll do Game Changer on Limitless. Uh, Larry Legend does CCW uh, and ICW. Um, he's done. He's also done uh, uh, stuff for Beyond, stuff for uh, Game Changer, and stuff like that. Um, so those two guys, I think, are like the kind of patriarchs of independent wrestling. Uh, ring announcing. And then uh, other than those guys, Mark Haggerty, who just recently signed with MLW not so long ago. Mark is really awesome. Uh, also great resource. He, he has a summit. Sem- he does seminars now, monthly seminars during this to help people with social media marketing and everything. And he's nice. been a great help to me. Me and Mark have talked a lot. Uh, he's been great for networking. Um, Rich is Jesse out of the Midwest in Tennessee. He's awesome. Uh, Jay Rose out of the Midwest. Uh, Ryan Peterson out of New Jersey. Uh, Ryan Peterson does, um, he actually fills in for Impact when they do like shows in that area. Uh, and he does creative role, like on the tap outside. Um, David Adams out of, uh, New York City. He mostly does House of Hardcore. Uh, um, and I know there's a bunch, um, I'm, 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 
I'm missing. And there's a couple that I would have said a couple weeks ago, but there's been some Twitter controversies and stuff. So I, I kind of well, stay, stay away from that. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I'm sure there is some missing. And I apologize if I, if I didn't announce. Oh, MLJ. Oh, God. MLJ. The, he is the king of the Nick Gage announcement. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. There you go. There you go, man. I mean, it's, it's proof, right? Ring announcing is, is definitely an art. Uh, and if you have the right ring announcer, the experience, when you go to these shows, it, it just makes it that much better. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, when I, when I first saw you, the first time I saw you jump into that ring as a ring announcer and not Chris Gullo, you know, Matt's friend that I, that I just, I'd met a little while ago. All of a sudden, you were Chris Gullo, ring announcer. It's it's this whole different persona, and it changes the feel of the entire event. Um, all of these names, all these names you're dropping, the ones we know, right? These pros, these pros we know. Uh, obviously, they left their marks based on their voices, their catchphrases, the way they announced these, the, the, you know, the the matches. Um, but I'm glad that you took the time to do that. I'm glad you took the time to throw a bunch of names out there that a lot of people aren't going to know, but guarantee. I'm going to go back and I'm, when I re-listen to this on my editing, I'm writing down a lot of these names because I'm going to go back, go on to some of these in, indie sites and check out some of these matches because I'd like to see how they do their craft as well. Johnny, and you I'm got anything proud, else? And I'm, I'm very proud to ask the question. You got to learn from your peers. Um, and now I'm just like, because I don't want to leave anybody out like uh, Lillian Garcia. I, I mean, she, uh, you know, for her era, she was probably one of the best, if not the best. Uh, uh, Mike McGurk is another one. Mm-hmm. Pioneer. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Mike McGurk is the first female ring announcer to work for like a national televised uh, promotion. So she was uh, definitely ahead of her time. Um, you know, I'm sure I forgot. Like I said, I'm sure I forgot some of the pros. I'd like to say some of the independents. So don't get offended if I forgot. <laughs> you just, you know. Dude, so let me ask you something. Before we, we end up here, end here, I want to ask you, if you had a chance to sit down you ever see that show on on the on the network, the network uh, dinner for three, where they said the three guys sit around and just discuss, you know, life. Who, what other two ring announcers would you like to sit down with for dinner for three and just pick their brains? Wow, well, wow. So, Kurt, like, I mean, obviously, I would love to have Fink part of that. Obviously, yeah. You know, unfortunately, with him passing, because I think Fink and Capetta would have been the, the best. But uh, that's your dream, right I there. That one, the, right there, is your dream. That that won't be my dream, but I think like me, Capetta, and you know what? Probably David Penzer. Okay. Me, Capetta, and Penzer probably, probably at a table three. I think that'd be pretty cool. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Johnny, you got any other questions you want to ask before we uh, we head on out of here? No, I think I'm all questioned out. I think we should let uh, 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 thank Chris for uh, taking time to do this with us. We very much appreciate it, man. For sure, uh, it's been it's been very awesome uh, meeting you and just learning, uh, like the, the the sheer importance of ring announcing. I do think they kind of get overlooked a lot, uh, by the sheer hugeness of a wrestling event. You kind of forget about some of the more important things that really hold it together, like the ring announcer. So, right. uh, I was very happy to do this. Thanks for doing this with us, man. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Anything you want to promote? Anything? Throw out any promotions? Any Twitter handles? Any websites? Anything you want people to check out? Yeah, I mean, uh, Twitter at Chris Gullo, uh, Instagram at Chris Gullo. Uh, I got a Facebook uh, like page to Chris Gullo. Um, I, I try to post a lot of wrestling content on there. Uh, like the other day, I had a Luis Piccoli appreciation thread just to try to like keep it light. I don't really take political takes. Like I just, you know, mostly I just try to keep it especially a lot of fun on Twitter. Uh, I'll post a lot of pictures of craft beer and talk about those. So that's always a good time. <laughs> um, nice. So yeah, just try to keep the light on there, but uh, also like, you know, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, please. Chris Gallo, uh, check out uh, Empire State Wrestling and I on in, IWTV, check out IWTV in general, but check out Empire State Wrestling, Excite Wrestling and Squared Circle Project. They're all on there. Uh, and in this time, you know, why not? You know, I think there's like a five day free trial if you use like, Empire State is a free code, um, and it's just a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, I just want to thank the fans for for even making like I. This has been a rebirth of ring announcers. I think over the last few years, there's been never been so many good ring announcers. Uh, you know, going around. Steve Guys and from Cleveland. See, I keep forgetting people. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, you know, but there's there's never been a time where there's been so many good ring announcers. And I think 
the fans have part to do with that because the fans are supporting us and they want to see more of us. Like, you know, I've had people go, oh, wow, Chris Gillis announced it. I'm going to check it out. You know? I think that's wow. That's crazy. Like, you're going to check this out just because I'm re-announcing. Like, that's that's nuts. Yeah, it's really cool. Dude, thanks so much for being on. We definitely would like to have you back in the future to talk all kinds of wrestling, not just the re-announcing parts. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll have you on other shows, talk comics, talk creepy stuff, talk retro video games. Um, but that's it for me, man. Johnny, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, I've already uh, tapped out. You're tapping out. That's all. So uh, once again, guys, thanks so much for listening to Hardly Kayfabe. Make sure you support indie wrestling while we're all down and out. And support them even when we go open, man. I mean, it's 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 where it's at, man. I'm telling you, the indie wrestling scene's where it's at. So support your indie wrestlers. And uh, if no one else has anything to say, it's time to take it home, boys. Yeah.